Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Agile Ideas. I'm Fatima, CEO at Agile Management Office, Mental Health Ambassador, and your host. I hope you are all doing very well. I've missed you all. It's been a few weeks since I've recorded, and this has not been intentional. Part of the reason has been due to an influx of activity around some client projects that have been very interesting indeed and will be something that I'm going to talk more about in coming in coming episodes. But something that has also been a big part of my time recently has been around some of the work that I've been doing with people in terms of coaching. So a common question that I get asked is around people who ask me how I go from an idea, which I have too many of them, and then actually doing something with that idea. Because firstly, ideas, don't ma- doesn't matter how amazing they are, they don't bring results. You actually need to develop, implement, and improve on them. So I thought that in today's episode, I would give you an overview of what you could do if you have an idea or if you're like me, you have many. I often say to my business mentors that I feel like I need a billionaire investor because I have so many ideas that experimenting with those ideas and I'm sure there'll probably be a few in there that may be very valuable for them might be the way to go. Though I will let you know, I have not yet found that billionaire investor, but maybe they will be there at some point in the future. Anyways, I digress. So I thought today that I would help you to understand where to start with an idea and share a little bit about some of the ideas that I've had in terms of what I've done to approach them. As simple as idea workshop activity that I was doing this weekend um, with some people that I was coaching and actually utilizing some of these questions and ideas as part of that. So it's fresh in my mind and I thought it would be really useful to share that with you today. So let's get into it. So I'm going to say it again. Firstly, ideas don't bring results. And secondly, ideas don't bring results. I've been tracking an ideas list for many, many years. I can't actually recall when I started it. I just felt that I tend to have either ideas on improving something, or maybe I come across an issue, or maybe it's just one of those really left of field creative ideas that I think, oh, that would be nice to try. The problem with ideas, other than the fact that they don't bring you results, is that you need a lot of money and time, if you've got as many as I do, to do anything with them. You need to develop them, implement them, improve them. You need to experiment with them. You need to work out whether or not an idea is tangible and whether or not the idea is worth pursuing. So over the weekend, I was running a coaching workshop with a couple of people and the the objective of the workshop was actually to help them define and refine their ideas. And within a few hours, we made some great progress. The reason for that is they came in with a really open mindset. And even though this couple had been already involved in several other business initiatives in the past, they've only really 
come to realize that those initiatives themselves were not really a couple endeavor and they really felt like as a couple that they would be able to pursue something together. And so this is where the defining of ideas came into it. So one of the one of the first things to think about when trying to work through your ideas is having a central place to track them. Now, for me, I use a spreadsheet. Um, As I mentioned, my ideas list is quite large. So I find it easier to go through and put them into a spreadsheet, a simple spreadsheet to track what the idea was, the source of the idea. So where did the idea come from? I find this incredibly helpful because if you're like me and been tracking ideas or have had many ideas over the years and something in relation to one of those ideas was basically acting as a trigger for you. So if I was in a cafe five years ago with a best friend of mine talking about something and then all of a sudden five years later, which, you know, ideas can actually be still valuable five years after you initially conceived them. That being said, many of the ideas in the world are taken. And so it's possible that your idea might have already been uh, implemented or improved on by someone else. But anyways, so the purpose is create an ideas list and start logging really simply what the idea is, the source of the idea, so where it's come from, because that will help you later, and put a date associated with when you added the idea to the list. As I said, despite some items on your list may may be there for years, it does not make the idea something that isn't worth still pursuing. To give you a really specific example, many years ago, when I first started on my business journey about 2000 and I think it was about 2011, 2012, I had this really big idea of doing something in the education space. Now, fast forward to, you know, nine, 10 years later, and I'm actually now doing that education stuff with, um, a university, but also working on something else that I'm going to be looking at bringing into the market in the next couple of years as well. So that's an example of an idea that came to me, you know, almost 10 years ago, and now I'm actually doing something about it. So often when you look at your ideas list, you might find that there is no ability to move on them. And that may be because you're too busy. Maybe you're not sure where to start. Often it's not having enough money, not being able to take time off work. Maybe you don't have the resources or you're not sure what resources you need, whether that's people or technology. Sometimes it might be as simple as figuring out whether or not the idea is worthwhile and whether or not you want to take time away from your, you know, your day job or your family or whatever it is that you currently do and actually making time and space for this idea. So before I talk about some of the things that you would want to know or consider or ask with regards to your ideas, let's just assume that you're listening today and thinking, you know what, Fatima, it all sounds well and good if you've got an idea, but I actually don't think I have any. Now, I will say that I think everybody has a good idea in them. For some people, they may never uncover it or make the space to find it. Others may come up with hundreds and most of them are useless like mine. 
And for some people, you might get lucky and your one idea might be the idea that is going to make you successful, whether that is an idea that is going to help you build a lifestyle business, or maybe it's an idea that's going to make you the next billion dollar business, wherever that idea may take you, unless you spend time developing it, implementing it and improving on the idea, it's not really going to go anywhere. So if you don't think you have any ideas and you're listening to this going, hmm, I wish I was creative and I wish I did have ideas, start by start by getting a whiteboard or, you know, a large A3 piece of paper or, or you know, a, some post-it notes on a wall and just write down any ideas that you think you might have or spend some time while, if you think you don't have ideas, spend some time an hour will do and just think, just think about problems that you find frustrating that you wish could be addressed. Think about things that you've seen that are not maybe very efficient that you could make better. Think about things with a really open mind. One of the scariest things that happens when you are working on new ideas is the fear that your idea is so grand and so complicated and so big that you aren't capable of doing anything with it. For example, I have an idea around a technology platform, but I'm not a technologist. I don't have very much experience in the technology space. I don't understand technology or architecture or any of that stuff. And so I feel like my idea shouldn't be further progress because I don't have those skills. That's not that's not correct because although I may not have the full um, knowledge needed to pursue the idea, I have the vision behind it that I can go and seek that expertise when I have the funding available to help me make that idea a reality. And there's a lot of expertise out there that you can tap into even on an hourly basis in some instances. So you don't have to spend an exorbitant amount of money to get some help. So have your ideas list, brainstorm if you need to, challenge yourself to come up with as many ideas as you think is necessary. Even if you just start with five or 10 and you just start pondering on those ideas, you can use that ideas list to go into the next step of what I'm going to talk to you about in defining whether or not they're worthwhile or how to progress them. But once you've got somewhere to track your ideas and you do some brainstorming and you think about those, you are ready to start thinking about what you need to do next. So this takes me to some of the key questions and things to consider when you have your ideas list. Over the weekend with the coaching couple, they had identified about eight different ideas between them. Now, a couple of those ideas were more tailored to the to the to the wife, others were tailored to the husband, and then there was probably half of the list that was probably closely aligned to both their skill sets. The first question that I ask them is what why is this an idea that they care about? They've obviously taken the time and thought to think about the idea and actually place it on the board. So the next question is, why is it an idea they care about? Now, at this point, the answer to that question can be as varied as, I think it's going to make me a millionaire, to I'm very passionate about this field, to I've tried something like this in one of my jobs and I really enjoyed that using those skills, to I want to employ people from um, different areas that can actually support 
the development of this idea and I've got access to those people already or something else completely. There's no right or wrong answer to why the idea is something that you care about. Any idea that is going to be successful, any idea whatsoever, you need to care about it. And this is why it was really important when coaching this couple that we were thinking about ideas that they both collectively could care about, even if those ideas were outrageous to start with. As we narrowed them down with the questions, we were able to further refine that list. The second question or the next question, again, not necessarily in any particular order, but is how big is the market or the industry of that idea? For example, if one of the ideas was to open up a cafe or a coffee shop, you would want to look up and understand how big is the market for coffee shops in your city or um, your state or the town that you're in. And you would also probably start looking at things like how, how many there are and also how much revenue does it make? Because not only do you need to understand how big the market is in the industry, which will help you with further refining your idea, but also to understand what is the revenue potential. Now, not many ideas that you come up with or that people come up with are for any other purpose than having something to start with that then can evolve into something that will either generate um, generate profit for you it'll it'll ever either be a, a not-for-profit but either way that still needs to generate revenue that you can reinvest in the not-for-profit or perhaps it's an idea altogether that is relating to some volunteering um, type of activities maybe it is a um, maybe it's a a new for example a new coaching um, business for you know local sports that you you want to do um and not charge anything for that. Either way, you still need to think about what is the market and the industry. Now, if you're focusing on not-for-profits, then think about researching the not-for-profit and the type of industry um, that you're in. Is it the mental health space? Are we talking about aged care? Are we talking about you know healthy healthy living? Like, what is what is your not-for-profit um, industry? What is the market that you're trying to tap into? The other reason why you would look at market size and industry size is because you need to start thinking about if your idea is a for-profit business, what are your potential, who are your potential customers rather? Who are the potential customers that are already maybe killing it in the industry that are doing really well that you could learn from? Or maybe they have some untapped weaknesses that you could focus on um, uncovering. Either way, understanding who are your potential customers is really important as well as your potential competitors. Now with your potential customers, question around what is the biggest value that your potential customers will get from using or having your product or service? Now this, these idea questions are completely relevant to services or product-based businesses. Now, if you're anything like me running a mostly service-based business, you probably find that you, you often get forgotten. Well, I find that we often get forgotten. So this is applicable to products and service businesses. Now, in order to understand who are your potential customers and what 
benefit or value that they will get from your products and services, you first need to understand who are your ideal customers that you would want for your business. For example, if you were setting up a marketing business, would you be wanting to target small businesses? Are you looking for medium-sized businesses or perhaps you want to work with large businesses? Either way, this is a question to ask. Are you looking to do coaching? And if you are, are you looking to coach executives? Are you coaching small business owners? Or are you coaching a sports, a student, uh, sorry, school kids soccer team? And then think about how you will interact with those customers. So are you going to be selling them a product online via an e-commerce website? Or are you going to be selling them services that you are providing in person, like my coaching over the weekend? Or are you going to be offering them a software as a service that they can have access to and utilize your product that way? Some of the key things to think about. Now, this really will vary based on what type of product or service that your idea relates to. And I know you're probably thinking, Fatima, slow down. I've just literally got the idea and you're asking me all these questions. Now, the reason I'm asking you this is because you don't want to invest unless you've got an abundance of time, hours and hours and hours pursuing, let's say in the example of my couples that I was working with over the weekend, eight hours for every single idea. We just didn't have that time. Instead, we had to refine the eight ideas down into just one or two so that they can do some of some experimentation to test the idea. So, The key questions out of the ones I've mentioned that I would ask you to focus on is why it's an idea that you care about, how big is your market or industry, who are your potential customers, what is the revenue potential, and last but not least, what are the likely costs up front? Now, you don't need to spend hours defining that to start with. You could do a very high level analysis and use something as simple as a ranking. For example, one to 10, 10 being exorbitantly expensive, i.e. if you were going to set up a food truck business, a food truck could potentially here in Australia cost you anywhere from 15,000 for a really used vehicle through to 100,000 plus for a really highly customized vehicle. Um, And so if I was thinking about a food truck business, that looks like an exorbitant amount of money to start with. So that would probably be rank a closer to a 10 um, than perhaps a marketing business where all you need to do up front is get a logo, a domain, a website, and a few social media handles ready, which will be much lower cost. So think about those five questions as they will help you in progressing your idea to the next stage. Now, let's say you've identified your idea or ideas. um, And remember, don't try to do too much at once. Either just do one at a time, particularly if you get overwhelmed, or at most two or three that you're testing at the same time. But that is only for those that probably are used to doing a lot of project management type activity or a lot of uh, multitasking. And I know multitasking, most people will tell you it's a myth. But what I mean by that is if you can feel comfortable and you have the time, let's say you don't work full time and you can test out a number of concepts or maybe they're interrelated, then go for it. But ultimately, starting with one is probably a good, sensible plan. Now, when you 
you think you've got an idea that you want to see whether it's worthwhile, there's a few things you can do. So in order to first figure out if it's a worthwhile idea, you could do the most basic of things. And that is start asking some friends or family about your idea. Discuss the idea with them, particularly if you're not concerned about it being, you know, confidential or um, needs to be protected and just run the idea past them. I did that recently for an idea for a product that I'm planning on bringing to market later this year. And I got a really overwhelmingly positive response. Now, I know what you're thinking, friends and family, they're always going to tell you what you want to hear. Now, that's not true in most families. Um, I think there's always some, sorry, in some families, there's always people that are going to tell you how it is. And I don't know about you, but there is definitely people in my extended family that would be more than happy to tell me that my idea is really shit. So be be open to hearing from your friends and family as a first point, because that's usually a starting barometer on whether or not you're onto anything. Now, they may not give you all the answers. And so the next step is thinking about who your prospective target customers are. So we talked just before about who are your potential customers. You know, is it small business owners? Is it a a student at a school? Are we talking about um, a large business executive? Now that you've defined that, just find a few people to talk to. Now, For example, if my business was coaching small businesses, I would probably reach out to my existing accountant or my bookkeeper, or I would reach out to my lawyer. They're all small business owners, and they're probably going to be easier for them to give me 5, 10, 15 minutes or half an hour of their time to enable me to ask them some questions with no strings attached. I'm not trying to sell them anything at that point. Or you can go quite broad and reach out to a few customers that you've never spoken to before that you can introduce the concept and the idea that you're planning and get their feedback and their thoughts. Now, once you've done those two things, you can then start developing your business plan on a page. Now, there is a there is a video that I've done about using your business, developing a business plan on a page. And I like to use the business model canvas. You can also use something called a lean canvas. You can Google those. Um, they are really, really well thought out business model um on a page concept, which goes through about nine different categories of information that you can start off at a very high level that then are the foundation and building blocks for your idea to progress any further. Often people believe that the first step is to write a 25 page business plan. Now that not necessarily is going to be, you know, off the table sometimes to get funding government grants or bank loans, you do need to do something like that, but not just to test an idea. Testing an idea using a business plan on a page, which could be through the business model canvas or the lean canvas is something that you could do in an hour. And if you have one or two ideas, you can spend an hour on both of those and you would be able to figure out a good starting point for that. Now, once you've got that, you should have now a view on what you're trying to do why you care about it, what it could look like, having an overview of what the costs are and the costs involved. And then it's about taking all of that information 
and thinking about how they rank compared to each other in terms of complexity and cost. Yesterday or through the weekend, as I mentioned earlier, through the coaching exercise, we narrowed down the eight ideas down to just three. And the reason we were able to do that is because we were able to go through and identify what the cost was and how complex it would be for us to kick off. And that was something that we were able to do using the ranking that I mentioned earlier, using a scale of one to 10 and then actually narrowing it down that way. Now, at that point, once you've gone through that process, you might find that depending on your budget or how much time you've got available, that some ideas or one of one of the ideas or two of the ideas are just not able to be progressed. And that may be something you need to park and leave it on your ideas list for future reference. Or you might find that is within reach and it might be something you can afford to do or at least very, very, very subtly move to the next step. Now, at this point, you're probably thinking, wow, what's the next step? Well, at this point, the next step is around developing out a timeline of some of the activities that you plan to do to move forward and move to that new idea. So for example, I might think about if I use the taco taco truck, food truck as an example, I would, and I felt that the cost that is associated with getting that set up was within my budget or within a savings or within investment that I knew I was going to have, whichever case may be, I need to think about what are the next things that I need to do. And it can be really hard to list out and think about every little thing, but that's why I recommend just think about the next one or two things that you need to do. Referencing your business plan on a page will help you because on that, you will have already thought about the key activities and the key activities will be the starting point for you to define the next steps. So there you have it. That's the sort of overview of what to do if you've got a big idea and you don't know where to start. Naturally, at the end of defining this, you would probably now need to think about project managing it and what that involves. We can talk about that in more detail in another episode if you'd like to hear about it. But if you are interested in getting some guidance in this space and you are looking for coaching help, then just reach out to me via LinkedIn or via our website. Next time, we have some really interesting conversations coming up. One of them is I'm planning on sharing more about feeling like a fraud and that imposter syndrome that follows us around, or at least follows me around, um, and really impacts us day to day. And I wanted to share my thoughts on that and discuss it a little bit further. And I'm also really excited because I've got some guests coming up. One of the next guests is Steve Pereira, who's currently leading the conversation on agile value streams. So we're going to say, we're going to talk about what is it? How can it apply to your business or your workplace for better customer outcomes? And we'll deep dive into that conversation in the coming weeks as well. So there you have it. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. Please share it with someone or rate it if you enjoyed it. And don't forget to follow us on social media. To stay up to date with all things Agile Ideas, go to our website, www.agilemanagementoffice.com forward slash agile hyphen 
ideas. I hope you've been able to learn, feel, or be inspired today. Until next time, what's your agile idea?